Bush and Richie here with your Home Time Show podcast. And uh, Richie has happened upon, just before we get into the programme, Richie has happened upon an amazing game that you can play along with. Richie, please tell the listening public what this is. So I've been doing something uh, during the show today, uh, down the line to uh, Bush and to uh, producer, the Tooting Ball Botherer. It's not something that you guys will hear during the podcast, but it's something that I've been doing to irritate them. little noise that I've happened upon. See if you can guess what this is, and I'll tell you at the end of the podcast. Podcast, right, have a listen. <laughs> it's, it sounds to me like a Black Hawk helicopter from uh, a, like a war movie I've watched. Do you know what I mean? It sounds like that. Now, you might be very close. Let's say no more and find out at the end of the podcast. It sounds to me like it's something you should be doing very privately in your bedroom. It does sound dodgy. <laughs> I've sent you a video on the group, what it is. I don't want to open that video, thank you. (laughs) Starting this uh, brand new show with uh, the joy of discovery uh, today, self-discovery. I've discovered that during homeschooling, I am too thick to offer any technical advice on maths or science or English or anything like that. My 11-year-old daughter is kind of beyond my ability to intervene and actually help with that stuff. But I am qualified uh, on pop culture, watching TV and that. And the reason I'm talking about this is that she's obsessed with a manga cartoon at the moment called Yona of the Dawn. Okay, there's hundreds of episodes of this thing. And every little break she's having between homeschool and lessons, she's watching this manga stuff on her tablet. Uh, And I was saying to her earlier on, this is fine. This is all well and good, this Yona manga lark. But I want her, as, as a moment of homeschooling for myself, I want to show her a classic cartoon from the past so that she's set on the right course for watching cartoons in the right way. You know, if you go on like MasterChef or whatever, they'll always ask you whether you've been instructed in the classics. I think picking a good cartoon from back in the day is, is me passing on a bit of knowledge to Erin as uh, setting her off in the right direction for watching the classics. So uh, it's a weird question, but it's this. like If there was one cartoon that she needs to watch to be fully educated in the classics of cartoons, what should it be and why? I would say, Bush, she needs to see something that lasted for at least 10 years. Yes. Uh, something that has got a a good number of episodes. I want it to be British, a good British cartoon. Uh, so uh-huh. I would put forward a yellow cat called Henry. <laughs> Henry. Henry's cat. Oh, Henry's oh, cat. Mate. Oh, yeah, with his wobbly animation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the weirdest cartoons, wasn't it? It was really, really bizarre cartoon, Henry's cat. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, was he smoking stuff? I'm sure Henry was smoking stuff. There's no two ways about it. Getting scared of people when he went down to have the munchies in the daytime. I was going to suggest, uh, from in terms of a classic uh, cartoon, again, hundreds of episodes, hundreds of episodes, Cities of Gold. Do you remember that? Oh, my goodness. Yes, I do. That was oh, the, hundreds of I don't think I've seen every episode. I don't think I ever saw the end. I don't think it ever ended. I think it's probably still going. It used to be on uh, uh, like school holidays, and it just went on forever and ever and ever. Uh, and you can see the tradition in, in, in these cartoons that she's watching now, the modern ones. Yeah, it looks brilliant and everything, but you can tell that it has uh, it is a descendant of stuff like Cities of Gold and maybe Dogtanian and stuff as well. So uh, it's, it's about the classics tonight on this show. Steve Prince is putting forward Mr. Ben, calling it a pure classic. Do you know what? Mr. Ben's up there with Henry's cat with, in this kind of weird psychedelic ones. When you, when you drill down to what's going on, it's not right, is it? There's something wrong with Mr. Ben. Do you know what I mean? 
Uh, Gary says, Tom and Jerry is an out-and-out classic, but Dog Tanyon and the Musker Hounds from my childhood, one for all and all for one, Musker Hounds stay together, he says. Captain Caveman, one more to chuck in for now from Leighton. Uh, if you want some uh, some utter violence, Captain Caveman. Well, Pete says, early Tom and Jerry, supreme comic violence. I don't really want to show the most violent cartoon in the world, but hey, if it's a classic, it's a classic. Now, Amy has put forward a suggestion that I was cautiously wanting to myself because I used to love it, but I just wasn't sure. Amy says, I was right in the wheelhouse of Ren and Stimpy. I was disturbed by the violence and the body horror, though, so I'm not... Not sure whether I can suggest it as a classic. I've never watched it. It's so bizarre. It's like a generational thing, isn't it? Certain cartoons I'm all over. Never really watched Ren and Stimpy. Never watched Ren and Stimpy at any point. Uh, Dan has come up with a fantastic one. He's picked uh, Scooby Doo, and he says you need to get her to watch this because it covers the important issues: mysteries, teamwork, cosplay. Drug use, LGBTQ plus issues, toxic masculinity, rejecting right-wing parents, haunted fairgrounds, sneaking off with the fit one every chance you get, dealing with annoying children and running down endless corridors. Wow, there's a dissertation in that somewhere. I'd never looked at Scooby-Doo like that before. Uh, someone suggested uh, it's got to be Willow and the Wisp, one of the weirdest cartoons I think I've ever seen in my life. Another one here from Leanne says, you've got to show her Dungeons and Dragons. Do you remember that? I used to love that. However, it was ruined by Uni the Unicorn. It was a nightmare. Right, we've got Jay on the line. Jay, what classic cartoon do you suggest she watches? The original Transformers cartoon and the Thundercats. Oh, wow. Now, uh, let's start with the original Transformers. I remember having to sit through, endure, whack-a-day with Timmy Mallet only because he played <laughs> five minutes of the Transformers cartoon. I'd, I'd sit through Mallet's Mallet just to be able to watch that. Uh, you say the original, so have they made a new one since that was not as good? They've made loads since that's not as good, but you can't beat the classics. I would sit through anything just for an episode of Thundercats and specifically <laughs> Chitara. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Very cool. And was, there a, was there a favourite uh, Thundercat that you liked? My friends? Um, I think it was Lionel, the leader. He was always the cool one for me. He was all right. Lionel was, a... was supposed to be a kid. Yeah, really? it was weird. He was supposed to be a kid, and then he kind of went to sleep and grew up as like a 30-year-old man. It was a bit strange, that. But... Yeah, he's he's a 30-year-old. He's a child trapped in the body of a 30-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew that. Well, we'll forgive them anything for Chitara, uh, and also one of the greatest theme musics to any cartoon. Oh, yes. definitely, definitely. Final thing then on <laughs> cartoons, trying to work out what is the classic cartoon to show to my eldest daughter, Erin, who's been watching manga, but there's better stuff to be watching out there. Glyn says you can't go wrong with Bod. Do you remember Bod? That is a weird, that's one weird cartoon, Bod. I do remember Bod. Uh, I sometimes get mixed up with Bod and Pop. One of them was just gobbing on a window, basically, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes. God bless him. He was just gobbing on a window and writing his name on it. It's so weird. So threatening. <laughs> uh, Terry says, I was lucky enough to be brought up with the original Magic Roundabout Trumpton and Camberwick Green, but a cartoon I think was a classic was the later one, Danger Mouse. I remember all four of those, Terry. Um, Trumpton and Camberwick Green were great, but Danger Mouse, where do you sound on Danger Mouse, Bush? I'm not a fan. was never a fan of Danger. It was up there in bad kids' TV when I was a kid. Used to hate Blue Peter, still hate Blue Peter. Danger Mouse, never liked it. Uh, Hong Kong Fooey says this text, there was something strangely alluring about Rosemary the telephone operator. I've, I've got a fear that after some great suggestions, things are beginning to go a little bit south. Yeah, let's wrap this up. We know what you like. We're knocking it on the head. 
Now, Bush, you are more of a NFL man than I am, but uh, even I realise that uh, Tom Brady, very much the man of the moment, right? Oh, huge. Won loads of uh, uh, Super Bowls with the New England Patriots, moved over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and amazingly, on Sunday night, won the Super Bowl again. Uh, Well, they were out celebrating in Tampa yesterday. uh, And Tom Brady, what a lucky guy. Super lucky. Maybe gifted at what he does, but... They were out on these boats in Tampa Bay itself and he threw the actual Super Bowl trophy to his teammates in another boat. Now, luckily for Tom Brady, they caught it. I don't know how much the Vince Lombardi trophy actually costs, but I'm imagining if that was a bad throw, that would have been a lot to replace. Do you know, it's a borderline you being framed moment because you get these things. He got away with it, yeah? So he's thrown that trophy from one boat to another boat and it was fine and it's okay. And you have to look at the tweet that we put out at Absolute Radio. The picture of it is unbelievable from Instagram. But Pete, there's loads of people who do joker stuff like that and it doesn't go well. It kind of mucks up. So, you know, that, it, there's a fine line, isn't it, between being a legend like, hey, Tom threw the trophy. And then imagine if it sunk <laughs> to the bottom of the sea. He'd be like a villain. <laughs> of all time I think for me Bush the highest cost I was lucky in that this didn't cost me too much the highest cost of a breakage of me uh, was uh, a week or so's pocket money to get my dad's new greenhouse reglazed. Uh, but the thing was we were playing cricket at the time and he saw oh. the shot and my dad actually turned to me and said do you know what son that's a fantastic cover drive so I had to pay for it but oh, I didn't really get in that much trouble I love that. Getting a compliment uh, while smashing something up in the in the house. That's great. I actually smashed our lamp in our hallway by practicing bowling. Cricket, I think, is the root cause of quite a few uh, smashes and crashes at home. I just want to throw my Uncle Phil under the bus with this one as well in terms of uh, high-profile breakages. My mum and dad, this, this is a story that's told to me because I was a baby at the time, but my mum and dad had just moved to a new house in Liverpool and my uncle Phil, also from Liverpool, came over to visit and he'd gone to the shop, bless him, and bought um, some supplies and stuff like that because we were still babies, me and my brother, uh, tins of beans and everything. And excitedly walked down the path to come into this house for the first time, tripped over and dropped a tin of beans through the glass panel at the front of my mum and dad's door in the brand new house and smashed it to pieces. <laughs> what an entry. What, an, what a crossing <laughs> of the threshold that was from Uncle Phil. Amazing. Paula, what happened to you? The old man swinging a charge around. Um, and you know, as you know yourself, the plug comes off the end of the cord, um, uh-huh. and the plugs come off and smash straight through my television screen. Wow, what a spectacular <laughs> accident that is! That is unbelievable. And were you, were you annoyed with him? What, what, what transpired immediately after this accident? He ran over and turned telly off. <laughs> <laughs> Safety first, obviously. Yeah. I mean, the, the awkward yeah, thing is, if it happens as an accident, like, you know, in your own home and it's your other half, it's, it's not as if you can turn around and go, right, well, you're paying for that because it's all out of the it, joint account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you got a new telly out of it anyway. There you go. Every cloud has got a silver lining. Something like that. <laughs> John in Norwich. We know no more details than this. Says, I broke an offshore oil platform. It costs £13 million and my job. Oh, my word. We need to get to the bottom of that. Leo says, it's got to be when I took my mum's Mercedes without asking and absolutely rear-ended, reversing it into a bollard. I never realised the price of a tail light. In total, the light and body repair came to 1,500 quid. I think that's the tail light on uh, a Mercedes, <laughs> opposed to uh, something a little bit more uh, low budget. Uh, Leon, <laughs> uh, tell us what was your expensive mistake? Me and the plumber were carrying in a £6,000 electric toilet and 
we were right in front of the customer, this massive mansion, like, state-of-the-art, and as we lifted it up, the bottom just fell out of the box and smashed all over the driveway, this £6,000 toilet. Wow. I mean, oh. I don't know anyone else. The first thing I'm thinking is a £6,000 electric toilet. Yeah. What does that even look it, like? Space age? It was imported from Japan. And <laughs> it was one of ones that, like, wiped your ass and shoots water <laughs> up and that. You know what I mean? It was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> real, real, real state-of-the-art toilet. And it was, oh, it was horrible. Uh, Leon, the, the first thing that came to mind was what what on earth a £6,000 toilet looks like. Bushy's quite right. I don't want to cast dispersions on you and your mate, but the second thing that came to mind for me is the Chuckle Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the customer said something along their lines as well. <laughs> We're in our bedrooms, uh, on computers, and a lot of that is kind of, if you're working from home as well, you might get the same thing. You're looking out the window. You're noticing stuff that's going on in your street more than you've ever done in your entire life. There's a lot of curtain twitching going on. Uh, and yesterday, I was sat here in the top bedroom uh, whilst the show was going on, drinking tea, uh, observing this poor delivery driver who'd driven quite a big articulated lorry down our fairly narrow road here in Leon Sea and got stuck. And he was having a go, bless him, uh, in his high-vis vest, door-to-door, knocking on the doors, to see if people could come out and move their cars. Because he tried to reverse back out, and he got stuck, and he was like a, trapped in a lobster pot. And I thought to him, that is going to... I thought... And I thought that is going to live long in his memory as one of his worst driving experiences. So let's put it out there, maybe to make him feel a little bit better again. You never know, he might be an absolute radio listener. Uh, what is your worst driving experience to date? One of my worst, it followed so quickly on from one of my greatest experiences. Uh, I forget the year. Uh, it was the Arsenal-Southampton FA Cup final that had taken place in Cardiff. Uh, an early Robert Pires goal, the only goal of the game. Arsenal, my team, FA Cup winners again. That's all great. What then happened was Southampton, not that used to going to FA Cup finals, they don't realise that the losing team and their fans, they leave pretty quickly. Why would you want to hang around and see someone else lift the cup? The Southampton fans all stayed <laughs> and all clapped, <laughs> all very sportsmanship-like. But Aww. that then meant that 72,000 fans all had to leave Cardiff and head for the Seven Bridge at the same time along the M4. That traffic jam lives long in my memory. So do the memories of people peeing up against the side of the hard shoulder. Oh, my word. That was the worst journey ever. There you go. There's the trauma. There's the trauma that stays with you with one of these things. I guess for me, it's a balance between two. It's either, and I've talked about this before on the show, getting our VW van stuck in the entrance to the Brentwood NCP car park. That was pretty bad. <laughs> or, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, on my first ever driving test in Newton Abbott, I locked the keys in the car in the car park of the <laughs> test centre as we were about to go in and meet out my test. The the drive my actual driving instructor had to get the door back open with a coat hanger that we borrowed from the test centre with the driving inst- with the driving examiner guy stood there. It was a nightmare. I was I went to pieces. <laughs> Surely that's an instant fail. I, I went on and failed. Don't you worry about that. I failed in spectacular <laughs> style. Terrible. <laughs> Oh, uh, Ross has got a great story. An old car of his dying whilst he was driving it. Uh, Ross says, resulted in a fireball shooting up the windscreen and no brakes. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, the car incinerated itself, leaving a mark on the road for a good few years. All fun and games. Wow. 
Lorraine Turner says, I live in the northeast and by the coast. And on my third driving lesson, a massive seagull flew straight at the car. Uh, it hit the bonnet and bounced right off again. When we heard it smack repeatedly un- in the underside of the car, oh dear, I'm losing my mind by this point, she says. Uh, the instructor said, Kep- keep going, Lorraine. You can't stop. You just have to keep going. I remember asking him if the, the uh, seagull was okay. And he said, calm as you like. Just don't look in your mirror for a moment, please, Lorraine. What a story. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no, poor Lorraine. Uh, Emma says, I had to take my dearly departed dad to hospital. There was no parking, so he directed me up a road. One way and very windy. It turned out to be the ambulance route to A&E. I had to reverse down it backwards to a queue of ambulances. Oh, my word. My heart is racing even thinking about it. Uh, I had a car, says Cole, uh, that has tyre valves that appeared to be made out of metal that was weaker than cheese. Uh, I was doing the right thing, trying to check the tyre pressure before a uh, three-hour drive home from Wirral to Northumberland on a bank holiday evening uh, when one broke off in my hand. No spare, four-hour wait for the services. Oh, my word. And Keith goes down a similar kind of route, 12-hour shift at work in London, then driving home to Cambridgeshire, where there was an accident on the A10. It took me eight hours to get home. Dave Woodward has sent a tweet in, but he doesn't clarify where he's driving. So let's see if we can work it out from his message here. He says, guys, I was driving from Chicago O'Hare to our son in Indiana a couple of years ago, and Troop 4 got lost and ended up driving in circles in Hobart, and then some of the quite frightening areas of Gary. My wife has never really let me live this down. Well, O'Hare is Chicago's airport, so that's pretty clear. But I thought Hobart oh. was the capital of Tasmania. So how he's done that as a drive, I've no idea. Flipping hell, Dave, you really did get off track. <laughs> as another international one, Zane says, driving from Kamloops to Whistler in Canada and the road ran out for about 100 metres. At one point, I was driving through a very large cutoff of pipe. I was in a Chevy Suburban, so no biggie. Loving these international messages. Appreciate all of you that stayed on right to the bitter end of this podcast just to hear what it was that Richie was doing that was making this noise. All can be revealed now by Mr. Richie Firth. Um, I have got in my hand uh, a shoehorn that's got a hole in it, and I've put that through my finger, um, and I was making it rotate around like a Black Hawk helicopter. There you go. If you wanted proof that we are just starting to lose the plot at the tail end of this lockdown, uh, there it is for you. Put it away. <laughs> you've been listening to the Home Time Show on Absolute Radio. When you go home, you've been listening to the Home Time Show. The, the last bit, bit of the no guarantee. guarantee. Soon, May, your tea will come. You can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel. The Home Time Show is about the Essex Loop, the bird invasion, and I hate for Bing. The Home Time Show, we speak of pundit shoes and a lass called Leona. Soon may your tea tea will come, come. you You can can watch TV in your tracky tracky bottoms. bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel.